Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You ready for a change? Praise the Lord. Let me do something before I get into the message. You won't need it until the very end. But uh, specifically for those of you that are a, uh, a part of this um, uh, assembly, Genesis chapter 2, verse 11, you can find the proper uh, spelling of the words. You know, there were four rivers that went out of Eden. And uh, I want you to write those uh, down, and I'm going to give you just a simple definition of what they mean, and then at the end, they become important to you. Genesis 2 and 11, list them for you. So, Pison means increase. Gihon means bursting forth. Heretical means rapid. And Euphrates means fruitfulness. Not just fruitful, but fruitfulness. So you got increase, bursting forth, rapid, and fruitfulness. And uh, now you got to get your mind off of there because it'll be a long time before you hear about that. Let's go to the book of Esther, chapter 4. The book of Esther, chapter 4. Back in the day, they used to have Bible drills. People was quick to get there. And now y'all got electronic Bibles. You touch it and it goes from place you weren't trying to go. And then all you New Testament readers, your Old Testament stuck. So just go to the index, see what page it's on, and pull it up. All right, Esther. Chapter 4, verse 12. And they told Mordecai Esther's words. He went, you know, to make a plea with her. Then Mordecai commanded to answer her, to answer Esther, said, Tell that girl, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the kingdom or in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thou peace, say at this time, at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Just tell yourself, I will not be replaced. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. And fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink. Three days, night or day. Show can't talk to the 21st century folk like that. <laughs> I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. 
So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded. Verse 14 again. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace, say it again, at this time, then shall their enlargement and Jews arise, I mean, and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I want to talk to you about for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Now, you know I like it a little loud, and so when I get crunk, don't, don't turn it down. Just leave it up. Amen. So we can just get in the flow here. But God began to stir my heart. I began to pray, and I began to reach out over the last three weeks. I said, God, I want a word for faith builders. I, want a, I, don't, I don't want a word, amen, just to go preach. I want a word that's going to be revelant to the house and to the people in the house and to the purpose of the house, to the vision of the house. And God began to stir my heart and say, amen, I raised them up for such a time as this. You are here for such a time as this. Amen. The word time is eth, and it means, amen, time. It means a period of time. Amen. It, it literally means, praise the Lord, an appointed time. We call it a moed or a moeding. A proper time or a season. You know, some folks join the church, Pastor Michelle, and then they say, my season is up. Didn't get discipled, didn't change, didn't learn, still mean. Undisciplined. Can't stand rebuke. I'm going to have to let y'all breathe. Let me just <laughs> breathe out. Breathe out. Lord bless you, Miss Dorothy. Praise the Lord, my sister-in-law. Uh, basically, this now con connotes time conceived as an opportunity or a season. The word signifies an appointed, fixed, set period of time. For this very time, this season, look at what's going on. But God chose a people. He chose a couple. And he said, All right, now I need to transplant you. I need to migrate you. I need to plant you in a city for the time that it is, for the time that's coming, because I need you to prepare a people. I need you to go and gather a people. Well, I want you to know many of you here are part of that gathering. And you've come here, and I want you to understand you're not just here, amen, because you was at home not getting fed. You're not just here because you're tired of religion. You are not just here because you didn't like the other church. You are here for such a time as this. You are here to come and be drawn into the kingdom for a purpose. And I want you to understand that this time is an important time for God. And God has chosen you so that makes you equally as important. Therefore, you must bring your full supply. Now, uh, let's, let's, go to, let's go to Psalms 105. Before I, I want, I want to, I'm going to come back to Esther at the end, but I want to deal with a few things. I want you to get this in your spirit. Amen. For such a time as this, when things will going crazy in America. Hallelujah. God raised up Martin Luther King Jr. for such a time as this. Amen. He had to come at that time. He had to speak. I remember one year, Pastor Carwell and I were, were doing a, um, a black history program, and, and Martin Luther King was the basic uh, topic of the, uh, the, the, the thing that we were doing. And, in the, in the, you know how we get to break between the segments. And at the break, I told him, I said, one of the things about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that was missed by society and that was missed by the church, yes, he was a preacher. Yes, he was a pastor. Yes, he was anointed. But people looked at him, amen, as a civil rights leader, when actually he was a prophet of God. God, raised up for such a time and he came forward that time and he had a focus he, and he said these words if you do not have a cause to die for you are not fit to live 
Where's the conviction like that today? Amen. Apostle Paul, when he, he had a cause, and when he came to Jesus, he brought that same determination, and the gospel became his reason to live and his reason to die in the defense of the gospel. He began to let the world know, amen, you can say what you will, say what you may. The Holy Spirit has already told me, everywhere I go, bonds and afflictions awaiting me, so why are you breaking my heart? I'm not just ready to go preach. I'm not just ready to be bound. I'm ready to die. At Jerusalem, you got to understand there's got to come a heart conviction. When you understand this is my time, this is my season, nobody and nothing is going to back me up. Nobody and nothing is going to move me to the left or to the right. Nobody and nothing is going to extract me from my place, from my position, from my post. Why? Because this is my time. This is my season. This is my moment. God has chosen me for this time. And this is the time, the only time I got. It's the time right now is to give God my all, to give God everything. And I came to tell you, God wants a people that realize this is your time. It's your time, and I called you for my purpose. And you're not just in the kingdom. The kingdom is in you. Psalms 105 verse 12. Psalms 105 verse 12 talks about this young man, Joseph. We, we read about him in Genesis. We read about him and the things that he went through. But I came to tell you, your past ain't nothing but rehearsal for your future. The devil, you some of you sitting here this morning, you went through a lot of jail cells to get here. Some of you slept in a lot of ditches, strung out on drugs, strung out on alcohol to get right here today. Why? Because the devil tried to take you out. He couldn't take you out. And I want to give you some consolation. If the devil couldn't kill you pre-Christ, he can't kill you now. If he couldn't stop you before Christ, he can't stop you now. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And devil, you should have did it. Uh, there's a friend of mine. Hallelujah. He was a, he was a, he, he dropped out of school when he was in the eighth grade. And his mama was a missionary. His daddy was a preacher. But him and all of his brothers was cutthroats and gangsters. But when his mama was pregnant with him, God said, that's a prophet in your womb. Well, at 15, he put his first prostitute on the street. By the time he was 19 years Oh, he had three prostitutes on the street and ran three crack houses. His car there in Denver, Colorado, he shot his car up 17 times. I do not mean 17 bullets. I mean 17 different times his car was shot up. He got cut and stabbed, but his mama kept on praying. She prayed. He went to prison, and she prayed till he came out, and she kept on praying. And hallelujah, he told me, he's a forward. I used to ride around with $90,000 in the trunk of my car because all my folks was holy rollers, and they wouldn't take the devil money. I was making $3,000 a day pimping and hustling. He said, but I want you to know. He said, I got hooked up with the mafia and they told me I had to kill my number one prostitute. And they said, if I is either you or her, he said, she was dear to me, but how many know her? When it come down to your life or theirs, you choose you. He said, I got there. He said, I was going to kill her. He said, she didn't even know who was getting high. And I was going to take her out to the landfill and take her life. She said, but while I was laid back in that Fleetwood, he said, I had to pedal to the metal. I set the cruise at 75. He said, and all of a sudden, I saw myself in a casket off the left window. He said, I punched it in the casket, kept up with the car. I could not run myself in a casket. And he said, I began to weep and cry. I said, God, what's going on? God said, if you keep going like you're going, you're going to die like a fool. But if you turn, I'll give you eternal life. And I came to tell you, he took the girl back home. Hallelujah. He got so high, he couldn't, he got, he got so messed up. He couldn't get high on his dope. So he called his driver. He said, let's go to Vegas. They drove all over from Denver to Las Vegas. Hallelujah. He said, man, he said, as soon as I got in there, they began to pour. Amen. The 
alcohol. He said the alcohol said, if you keep going like you're going, you're going to die like a fool. But if you turn, I'll give you eternal life. He said, I was so messed up. I cried all night. He said, my driver said, I ain't driving no more. He said the next day, one of his friends, Pimp Slim, he said Slim came by to talk to me because the prostitute told him something was going on. He said, all I can tell you, man, is I'm going to God. I'm going to God. He said, now Slim was free, boy. He said, you going to God? Give me that dope. He said, you going to God? He said, all that dope, we just give me, give me the dope. He said, man, you can have the dope. I don't need that. Hallelujah. Listen, now, we're talking about an old school pimp. He put on his mink coat, his mink hat, and $10,000 worth of jewelry and went to church because his sister told him he called his sister and told her what was going on. She said, we in revival with a little woman from Jamaica. She said, come to church. He went to church that night. Walked in with three of his four prostitutes by his side. All the church folk was in the back of the church. He walked up and sat on the front row. Hallelujah. He said, all the players was looking through the window of the church because they were saying, he for real, man. He go here on the front row of the church. And when that woman got to preaching Jesus, he said, I came under such conviction. He said, all I could do was cry and say, God, God forgive me. He said, I got on the altar and I just cried out. He said, my cousin came down and led me to Jesus. He said, when he left, I went right back to crying out, God forgive me for all the wrong that I've done. What I came to tell you is, today, he's an apostle. He's preached out six churches itself and got about ten that came under his covering. Why? For such a time as this, God had to go in the streets and get him. Some of you right now, you're thinking about the fact that God saved a lot of people when he saved you because you were about to kill somebody. Not realizing you could have been the next one to die but I came to tell you he didn't just save you amen, to keep from killing somebody he saved you for such a time as this as a kingdom call as a kingdom purpose or you know you could have blew your own brains out you were suicidal but yet the hand of God wouldn't let you shoot yourself what happened to you you were preserved for such a time as this Psalms 105 verse 12 when they were but a few men in number yea very few and strangers in it hallelujah two people came to Little Rock by themselves just a few of them and when they went from one nation to another from one kingdom to another people he suffered no man to do them wrong yea he reproved kings for their sake saying touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm moreover he called for a famine upon the land he broke the whole staff of bread. Now watch this. He, he sent a man before them. Even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. I came to tell you some of you, there's a word out on you and it shall come to pass. There's a word out on you. Hallelujah. You know how they used to talk about it? The old uh, gangsters in the, in the wild west. They wanted them dead or alive. But there's a word out on you. It wants you dead while you alive. Dead to the flesh, dead to sin, and alive to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I came to tell you, hallelujah, the word of the Lord tried him. And some of the things that you've been through is because the devil heard the word of the Lord over your life. He's been trying to break you, trying to back you up, trying to make you give up, trying to make you throw in the towel. He gets you embarrassed in church. You get to the place where you done been cussed out, slapped, stomped, stabbed, but you come to church. And one rebuke, you ain't going to church no more. The devil is alive. Bring yourself on back to the altar. 
bring yourself back in the house of God. Why? Because you are here for such a time as this. There's purpose in you. There's destiny in you. You play church long enough. You see salt in and out of church. Those days are over. This is your time to stick and stay because your destiny is about to be played out. It's about to be revealed. And you, my friend, are going to bring deliverance. The king sent and loosed him. Even the rulers of the people let him go free. Now, I know he's talking about a natural king, but I came to tell you King Jesus sent and loosed you. Demons had you bound. Drugs had you bound. Methamphetamines had you bound. Quaaludes had you bound. Ecstasy had you bound. But I came to tell you the blood of Jesus has set you free for such a time as this. Oh, you know, listen, lonely nights in the jail cell. You done been through jail houses, whorehouses, crack houses. But now you're in God's house. And I came to tell you you're here for such a time as this. For the good hand of God has rushed and got you for a God purpose. Joseph was despised by his own family. Joseph was hated by those that he loved. Joseph was sold. And do you know that the Midianites that bought him, amen, the Ishmaelites are literally cousins, and then they sold him to Potiphar. But Joseph had a walk with God that the pit couldn't crush. He had a walk with God being sold in a loincloth. He was a slave, but he had such a God connection that as a slave, he began to run the master's house, and the master didn't even look over his shoulder. Lie on, falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, but walk with God. Why? Because his destiny was being played out. He just used it for rehearsal. He learned how to lead in Potiphar's house. He continued to learn how to lead in adversity in the prison. But then one day, when his word came, one day when his time came, see, I came to tell you there's a moed, as a time of launching, as a time of manifesting, all the things that you've been through, nobody will see and you but God. But I want you to know when Joseph rose up, he was forgotten by folks that he helped. Sound like your story, don't it? But one day somebody needed a help that nobody around them could do. And here come this no name. God's son walks in. Hallelujah. With an answer from God and continually giving God the glory for it. Can you understand? Amen. He was an inmate. Hallelujah. That morning and by sundown, he was being prepped for the prime ministry. I came to tell you that didn't just happen overnight. That was a 17 year journey. But what I'm trying to tell you, the things that you've been through were designed on one hand to perfect you, on the other hand to cause you to shipwreck. But God wouldn't allow you to shipwreck. God, you tried to quit. You threw in the towel and you did it just like your old dope. You went back and got it. You said, I can't, I can't let go of God. You came to church and you said, I'm through with church. I'm through with religion. And you went back out and God got you right back here again. But I came to tell you, ain't no more out for you. This is it. You are here to stay. Why? Because God is raising you up for such a time as this. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all of his substance to bind his princes. Ain't that something? Now you was a prisoner. Now you got princes bowing to you. And his pleasure. And watch this. Teach his senators wisdom. What? An ex-jailbird teaching somebody wisdom. The wisdom of God goes way beyond the classroom. The wisdom of God goes beyond the PhD. The wisdom of God goes beyond the degrees that are in your life. That's how God can do things in you. And you have to marvel yourself. For 
folk think you're just trying to hold back, but all you can say is, this is the Lord's doing well. It's marvelous in my eyes. I can't really explain it to you. All I know is God raised me up for such a time as this. Israel came also into Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham and he, watch this, increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. I came to tell you something. He didn't do that without Joseph. Do you understand? God has raised this church up for such a time as this. This is not just another church in this city. This is not just another church on another corner with a building fund trying to buy some property so they can put up a steeple. This is a divine kingdom assignment. This ministry is planted here by God for the purpose of God in the city of Little Rock. When the devil thought he was about to shut up the voice of faith. I'm talking about the word of faith. When he thought he was about to shut down, amen, the revelation of the covenant of the kingdom. God said, no, I got a people that you don't even know. I got a couple you ain't never heard of and I'm going to plant them right in your midst and then I'm going to draw you to them and they're going to disciple you. You didn't come here to be enticed. You didn't come here to be entertained. Some of you know your life is changing in a way it ain't never changed as long as you've been in church. You've been in church. You've heard religion. You've heard the hoop. You've seen, amen, the pool of tears. You've seen all the preaching, the hallelujah battles that they fight now. Everybody with the preacher who, who can preach the best, who can hoop the best. And ain't nobody said nothing to change your life. But when you walked in these doors that were open for such a time as this, you're getting equipped for the end time, equipped for the last days, equipped to fight in this season, equipped to cause the people to arise and shine in the midst of darkness in the land. Cross darkness on the people. God said, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and kings shall come to the brightness of your rising. John chapter 2 and verse 4, they was at a wedding and they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mama said, they need some wine. And Jesus told her in verse 4, woman, what have I to do with thee? My time is not yet come. Hallelujah. Like Joseph, when he went to bed that night, it looked like his time had not yet come. But I came to tell you, we've been may endure for a long night, but joy comes in the morning. And ain't no greater joy than the joy of being in his presence. Look at the thing that you letting back you up. The thing that you let make you live and cry all night. The thing that you may walk away from church because what people have done. You better look at how good God is to you in spite of what they said. In spite of what they've done. You better know you chosen. You better know God's hand is upon you. You better know you are the elect. You better know you do have purpose. All the prophetic words on your life. Listen, let me tell you something. They may not have come to pass in that place but that does not counsel your word. When Joseph's word came I came to tell you it had to come to fruition. He knew it from 17 years old, but he was 30 when it began to manifest. And I came to tell you, he saved the people that, that, listen, they taught him like trash. He made them a treasure. Why? Because they're valuable to God. And that's why God raised you up. They threw you away, put you on the trash heap. You old dope head. Come on here. You a crackhead. Come on here. You ain't nothing but a little street girl. You just a little street whore. Come, you ain't gonna never be nothing. Surprise! Now we're back in Esther now. That's, that's the introduction. Let's go to Esther. 
Let's go to Esther chapter 5. Esther was out there. And then you got to break that, that fourth chapter down when you get time. Esther was sitting in there. Think about this. Esther got up that morning in the royal palace. Esther had servants everywhere. Esther didn't have, not have a mind to fast that day. But when Mordecai came to her, her maidens were not thinking about fasting. And can I tell you, fasting was not on Mordecai's mind. But when Mordecai dropped the word on Esther, I submit to you that the Holy Spirit began to do something in that old girl. Because her mind was telling her, you know, it's been 30 days. You know the king, your head. And don't, don't, don't forget Vastai. You know, they took Vastai out pretty quick. Now you, no, no, no. Well, Esther said, I tell you what, I'm not going to let fear grip me. I'm not going to let my flesh rule me. I'm not going to let my emotions rule me. What I'm going to do, I'm going to shut this flesh down. She said, you go back and tell Mordecai these words. Fast ye for me, and I'm going to fast. And my maiden going to fast. Look at what she did. She got folks fasting, and everybody around her is as consecrated as she is. She just changed the entire environment to set her face to seek God to crucify her flesh and she said three days and three nights but the Bible tells me it was on the third day when she wrote I mean her fast is still going on but guess what happened her body is now brought under subjection her soul is now in her control and she's able to function from the inner man why because God has set her up for such a time as this I came to tell you it don't even look like your time has come but God got you in the right place at the right time he put you in position and I came to exhort you particularly those of you that are members here and those of you that are looking for somewhere to plant yourself hey man this is a house that you need to seriously seek God about being planted in because this is a house of purpose a house of destiny that will bring you to a place to fulfill yours see you can't come here with your flaky religious stuff because there's a discipline there's an order I'm not talking about legalism I'm talking about kingdom correction for kingdom protection now see some of y'all can't be helped because let me tell you a simple little formula if I cannot correct you I cannot direct you and if I can't direct you I can't protect you and if I can't correct you direct you and protect you how in the world am I going to perfect you how am I going to grow you up mature you to be what God wants you to be Esther chapter 5 and verse 1. Esther 5 and 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her what? Royal apparel. How many know that's not what you fast in? Hebrews fasted in sackcloth and ashes. So that tells me that Esther got up, washed herself. Come on here. In other words, she was already the queen, but she got before her God. And now there's a second preparation that's taking place. What God have told her now put on your royal apparel. You know why? She's about to step into the royal court where the royal king is sitting on the royal throne. Hallelujah. She's going to present herself as a royal queen representing the king of heaven and his people that are in jeopardy. Do you realize there's folk in Little Rock in jeopardy and they're waiting on you to change in your life? You know how you used to be. You know what you used to do, but you're looking at what God has done. But now it's time to tell somebody. She put on her royal apparel, and look, look, look what she did. She stood in the inner court. God told me this was supposed to be a year of intimacy. Come on now. Of the king's house, over against the king's house. That means she said she was right where he could see her. And the king sat up on his royal throne in the royal house. Got a lot of royalty rolling around him. Ah, Shabbat. Ah, over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw the queen. How many of you think the first time he saw Esther? We already know she's the most beautiful woman in the land. We already see already 
that it trumped every other girl in the pageant and became the queen. But today she's clothed in something different. This is not mascara. Come on now. I came to tell you what's on her now is a coat of destiny that produces favor with God and man. And when she stood there, I want you to focus on something because it's for such a time as this. And some of you have been running into this favor already, but you didn't realize it's for such a time as this. Now watch this. When the king saw the queen standing in the quarter, that she obtained favor in his sight. The Bible says she's wearing royal apparel, which tells me for a queen, she's not dressed any different. She's dressed like the queen always dressed. Ain't nothing different about her attire. There's something about her countenance. There's a presence emanating out of her. Watch this. Her presence is speaking while her mouth is closed. She stood still and spoke. Never parted her lips, but spoke. She obtained favor in his sight. How many know you don't need favor with everybody? Just one, just one, just, just one, the right one. And everybody else got to come on here. I came to tell you, it says favor is for such a time as this. And the king held out the scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Now watch this. Then said the king unto her, what wilt thou, queen? That's enough what you want, girl. And what is your request? Go on, ask her whatever it is. Watch this, watch this. It shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. Now, in her day, that's something to shout about. But in your day, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, not half of it, the whole thing. I came to tell you that this is your season and God is raising you up for such a time as this. You ain't never had a hunger to learn the word like you do now. You ain't never wanted to be in no Bible school. You ain't want to go. Why? Because that's purpose crying inside of you and something is saying get ready. Get in position for such a, I'm bringing you here for such a time as this. Watch this. And I want you to pay attention to something. What, what would you ask for if you knew your request could not be denied? What would you request if you were guaranteed whatever it is you're going to get it? Keith Moore told us a story one time in the minister's conference about a king who decided to let everybody under his kingdom come and ask for whatever they want and he was going to grant it and people came in asking for stuff that you could give them come on came in asking for stuff that their mama could have gave them and this one old raggedy pauper beggar looking guy came in there you know raggedy clothes on he came in and he asked for so many acres and he asked for so much cattle and he asked for so many houses and so much money and so many servants that the court justice were beginning to sniggle because they felt like he didn't know he didn't no, the king ain't finna give him all that. And the king smiled and said, request granted. And they was looking all bug-eyed and mesmerized. And when the man left there, they went to the king and said, king, why did you give him such grandeur? He said, because he asked of me as if I was a king. He asked of me. His request made me feel like a king. A king, we go to God like, Lord, could you pay the rent? I just need the car note. I, really, I just need half. I got half of it. Just give me half of it. Like you can't pay it off. Come on here. Treat him like a king. Come on, treat him like a king. Treat him like a king. Treat him like a king. I came to tell you. Watch the Bible says. And Esther said these words. If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Then the king said, cause Haman to make haste that he may do so. Esther has do as Esther has said. Now she running things. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared 
Hey, remember, this is day three. Esther is still fasting and she is feeding them, but she's not partaking of it. Why? Because she's flowing. She stepped into a flow because her whole purpose is to bring deliverance to somebody else. When Mordecai first came to her, she was thinking about self-preservation, but now she's got the nation on her mind. For such a time as this, you begin to forget about yourself. What can I do to help somebody? What can I do? My wife wake up every morning. God, who can I bless today? How, how you want me to bless? Who you want me to bless? Well, you wake up today like, Lord, who going to bless me? I know you got somebody that's going to bless me today. You're still thinking about you. You know how it is. You're in the mall and you see stuff on sale, but you know, you, uh, you're a size 26. And everything you see on sale is like from 7 to 16. All your girlfriends, you don't even call them, tell them it's on sale. You just, ain't no 26s in here, well. Three weeks later, yeah, I was down there. They had a good sale going on there. I saw some things you really would have liked, too. But your selfish self. I wasn't looking at you when I said it, but I wasn't scared to look at you, though. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet, what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. The king is reiterating. Ain't nothing changed since yesterday. I told you you can get whatever you want. But watch Esther. Esther ain't in no hurry now. You know why? Flesh been crucified. Let's fast forward to chapter 7. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you when you bring your flesh under subjection, when you get away, when it's no longer all about you. When you step into your purpose and you begin to realize, God, you raised me up for something. You went through your whole, I know God got something for me to do. And now he want to get you in a place where you can find out what it is and how to do it. No, no. See, you got to, y'all already know. Little Rock is full of pulpit pimps. Hallelujah. But God said, I got somebody who ain't going to pimp you out the pulpit, but they're going to push you to your destiny. They come on here. They're not going to try to draw you and make you a little servant of them. They're going to teach you how to serve me even though you're a son. They're going to teach you how to take your sonship and serve like a son with a father. Hallelujah. Because they know you're born for purpose. Look what the Bible says in the chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to the banquet. She, she said another banquet. The next day. And the king and Haman came to the banquet of Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine. What is thy petition, Queen Esther? Maybe some of y'all ain't told God what you want yet. <laughs> you, you, you're doing all this stuff. You're all in his presence. You got him at the banquet. What you want, though? Yeah. Oh, you need to tell him what you, He said, girl, what, I still don't know what you want. I'm trying to give it to you. What is it? What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? It shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. How many times do you have to say it? Come on here. For somebody to rise up and say, I want my stuff. This is what I really want. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And then Esther the queen answered and said, if I have found favor. The king is talking by request. This girl working favor. In thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. Have you, when the last time you made a request for somebody else? When the last time you stopped criticizing people? Stop talking about the ones that failed. Stop talking about the ones who ain't came in yet. Stop talking about the ones who were around the church and begin to realize, God, I want them saved. I'm not going to let them go to hell on my watch. I'm not going to condemn them because of what I see them doing. God, I believe I believe you raised me up to be a roadblock between them and hell. I believe you raised me up to be a mentor, to bring deliverance. See, sometimes you got to talk straight to folk. Well, I ain't going to say nothing to them because I already know. Watch this. 
Jump to chapter 9. Esther, Esther wrought so much deliverance for her people, it was ridiculous. Everything she wanted, they did. And then the, the Bible says in, in chapter 9, verse 12, And the king said unto Esther, the queen, the Jews have slain and destroyed 500 men in Shushim, the palace, and in 10 sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's providence? Now, now what is that petition? We got that done. What else do you want? It shall be granted. Ain't you glad God ain't just a one-time prayer? Oh, I answered that prayer now. You, you good. You're on your own. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, God has said, what else? What else can I do for you? It's going to be granted. Uh, what is your request, Father? It shall be done. Now, now he dropped that half of the kingdom stuff out. They ain't on no more. Whatever you want. What you want. What you want. Whatever you want. It's going to be done. Then said Esther, if it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do, to do tomorrow. Also, according to today's decree, let Haman's ten sons be hanged on the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done, and the decree was given at Shushan, and they hanged his ten sons. But I want you to know, now you got to go back and read the book of Esther, particularly chapter 4 through 9, and you're going to find out something. When, when, when Haman, amen, the, the king had gave Haman everything, he went home bragging about it, but Mordecai didn't bow to him and he was sitting there mad and his wife told him, well, why don't you have a gallows made? Hallelujah. Hang it about 50 feet high and then uh, amen, go and tell the king and, and then you want to you hang Mordecai on it. He said, that sounds good. Went and got it built that night. I'm talking about they didn't take no three days to build this thing. They built it that night and while Haman was in the court checking it out, all of a sudden they brought before the king the books, amen, of what Haman had done for the king and the king said, what well, then was he ever rewarded? No, king, he wasn't rewarded. So what should be done for such a man? Who's in the court? They said, well, Haman is out there. Bring him in here. He said, Haman, uh, what should be done for the man that the king seeks to honor? Well, you know he thinks it's him, right? So he said, well, I think he ought to be able to put on the king's royal apparel that the king used to wear, put on the crown royal, and be rolled around in the king's chariot. He said, yeah, do that for Haman. And he had to go do it right then. And he rode around and paraded Haman. And Haman came back and sat at the gate. And he went home crying. And his wife said, you in trouble. Now, she told him to build that thing. But now, it's going to, I'm trying to tell you. If you go back and read the story, when, when, uh, when Mordecai, amen, got through with the situation, he told the king what needed to be done for his people, that him and Esther working together. And when the king said, let him write it in the king's name and let him seal it with the king's ring. I came to tell you, his name and his ring is all the authority he got. Come on here. When you got the king's name and his ring, it's like the king is speaking. Do you understand that when you go in the name of Jesus Christ, he said... Whatever two or three of you gather together in my name, I'm present. I'm in the midst. He meant his name is one. The king has given us his signal. The king has given us his authority. He said, go when you go. It's like a king come. You wear the whole thing. When you step in there, they don't look at you and say, well, that's just forward talking. No, that's the king. The king has spoken. And because we don't know it, demons are being loose. Demons are getting away. But I came to tell you no longer on your watch. You are about to shut down some things in the kingdom of darkness because God has raised you up for such a time as this and this is the place, this is the season and we are the people and we got to rise and shine and let the devil know no more. Darkness cannot run the land. God raised you up in the, God knew a pandemic was coming or if you want to take it from Brother Ford a planned-demic was coming 
But I came to tell you for such a time as this, God raised up Daniel in his kingdom. God knew what was going on. But right there in the midst of it, folk thought Nebuchadnezzar was running the country because he was on the throne. To show you Nebuchadnezzar wasn't running nothing, when he got beside himself, he had to eat grass for seven years, had eagle's claws and bird feathers. Come on here. Daniel ran the kingdom in the realm of the spirit. And I came to tell you when the princes of Persia was over the thing, it was Daniel's intercession. It was Daniel's prayer that brought the angels angels in the deal with it. And I came to tell you, I know this is an election year, but I came to tell you, you're here for such a time as this. We understand we have a right and we have a responsibility to vote and to vote righteous. But I came to tell you, don't get caught up in the political game. You got to know, no matter which way the vote pendulum swings, make sure you vote, but then make sure you stand with King Jesus and do the thing he raised you up to do. Because it's not going to matter who's in the White House if you're in your position, if you're walking like God told you to walk, if you're flowing in the spirit, if you're flowing in your covenant, I came to tell you things are going to change for you. God knew it was a pandemic coming when he told me that 2020 would be my most peaceful, powerful, and prosperous year. And I came to tell you, hallelujah, all the meetings were shut down but one this year, but yet we ain't missed a beat. We prospered more this year than we did when we were preaching hallelujah every month. What am I trying to tell you? It's a God thing. It's God's season. It's God's time. Why? Because you're here for such a time as this. And he does not want your voice silent. Your voice got to be heard on every available voice. You got to be speaking. And I came to tell you why. Why would he do it for such a time as this? When people are bowing down. When people are, 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 are compromising. There's got to be somebody that'll stand bold and stand strong and lift their voice like a trumpet in Zion. Cry loud and spare not. Declare the king of glory. Declare the glory of the king. I came to tell you for such a time as this, God has birthed this place. And God told me it's time for those of you that are a part of this ministry. You have become over the last six years, you have become a part of the core. You have come to that place. You have matured. Your life has been changed. But it is time for you now to become magnetic. It is time for you now to begin to reap. You got to start bringing people in. You got to start. Stop coming to church by yourself. Hey Amen. You came to this church driving a Volkswagen. Now God gave you a Suburban and you're still coming by yourself. It's time for you to start. Hey Amen. Reaching out to people as you go as you go throughout the day. Be open. God, who you want me to talk to? Lord, which one is it? Who can I bring to church? Who can I bring to church? And it's time out for mission. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, be here and bring somebody with you. Why? Because you won't get their life changed. You got to listen. When I first got saved, I didn't know nothing about the Bible. All I know is when I once was lost and now I'm saved. I had guests every week. Four and five. I go to the grocery store. Amen. Going to get a loaf of bread and be gone 25 minutes. Why? Because I found somebody to preach to. Not, not the gospel, just my testimony. I didn't know the gospel yet. I just knew I'm changed. Jesus is good. God is good. God did it for me. And then you know what? They come to church. One time, pastor said, four got more disciples in here than I do. Now, I just brought converts. You got to make them disciples. I just know how to get them converted. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to disciple, and I can disciple them now. What am I telling you? Most church folk just come to church late by themselves. I, uh, 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 thank you. 
Why, why, why? You don't sense your own destiny. You don't sense your own purpose. You don't recognize and realize what is in this house. When you see me drop in here on Sunday nights, it ain't because I ain't got nothing else to do, but I know there's a word. There's a word, amen, of faith. There's a word that feeds me. There's a word, amen, that somebody preaches like I believe. They preach like what the word of God says. It, can, it adds fuel to the fire. It adds strength. And that's what I'm telling you. You can go to a lot of churches in this city and never be strengthened. You can be entertained. You can be excited. But you leave there wondering, what am I going to do with that this week? But not so in this house. This house is, 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 is I'm t- now I'm going to understand. There's a lot of churches that do preach the word. But I'm trying to talk about this particular place at this particular time is an epicenter for what God wants to do. And it's time for us to realize this. You got to feel this house. Because God said, you're not going to know where to go till you feel this house. So you got to say, okay, God, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to pack it out. Back in the day when I used to go to the Baptist church, amen, they have on fifth Sunday, they have a pack of pew Sunday. Well, make every Sunday a pack of pew Sunday. The guy gets pick you out of rows. How many on this? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm feeling this row right here up. This is my row. I'm feeling this row up. When you come to church, let, it let the usher know, I got row number three. I got a guest for every chair in here. It's time to make a decision. No, no, no. I'm not going to just let folk go to hell where I go to church and be excited and say what they don't know. I'm going to let them know what I know. I got it. Why? Because there's purpose in me. There's destiny in me. Do you understand? There's businesses in you for the purpose of funding the gospel of the kingdom. And God wants to bring it out at such a time as this. He want to birth it now. Some of you thinking about stuff now you ain't never thought about before because this is your season. And don't listen. Men may look over you. Men may look at you strange and tell you what you can't do. Just turn. Hallelujah. And go talk to somebody. You remember David when they told David what he could do? David just turned one talk to somebody, and then he ain't talking about nothing. He don't know. The king told David, You are you, you are youth. You can't hear he a giant. That man been fighting since David, like, you don't know my pedigree, king. Let me tell you something. I don't whoop the lion or bear. Come on, he didn't even talk about the scorpions and the snakes he beat up. He said, But listen here, the same God that delivered them are gonna deliver him. Can I tell you? The same God that delivered you from dope, that delivered you from alcohol, that delivered you from promiscuity, that same God can deliver you from your church hurt. I'm so tired of folk talking about church hurt. Hallelujah. Where, where you get hurt at? Come on now. Hallelujah. What, what, you, what, I ain't hear nobody write no book talk about no sermon on club hurt. Come on here. <laughs> ain't never heard about no bar hurt, club hurt. But now we, we, got, we got folk in church got PTSD from church hurt. That's just crazy. For such a time as this, God has brought you to this place. He brought you to this season. This is a moe. This is your season. This is your time to do more for the kingdom. This is your time to do more. God is drawing some of you. And don't misunderstand me. I've been with Jesse for 43 years. I, I, I understand that that's how you feel. And I understand that you're single and you want boo to show up. You don't want bozo. I understand that. But let me tell you something. The draw that you're feeling right now is really not for a husband. It's for intimacy with the king. He's trying to draw you into him. Draw you closer to him. So when boo does show up, you will be able to discern that boo, bo, or bozo. Come on now. You will be able to know. Why? Because you got to understand what looks like an opportunity may be a distraction. See, when you're not focused, when you don't have divine assignment in your life, then you'll fall for anything. Well, God is saying 2020 should be a full year of intimacy. Draw now to God. 
draw into God. That thing that you're feeling in your heart and soul. Hallelujah. Do like Esther. Oh, Lord. I can't say that to the church folk today. Yes, I can. Fast. Real fast. Not, 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 not cornbread and water. Not, not, not Daniel, every vegetable on the counter. No. Just, 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 just try a, 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 a half a day dry fast. Wake up at 6 and don't eat nothing to 12. Don't drink nothing to 12. Just pray and seek God. I had to start y'all off like Pastor started us years ago. Every day to 12 o'clock. Well, we became champions. Then he said, let's go to three. Oh, had to push. Got to three. He said, now let's do two days. Woo. We got two days, now let's do three. See, it was progressive, but it got us there. You know what happened? Revival broke out in that little church. Wasn't nobody shame or nothing. Everybody was bringing folk to church. All on their job. Folk was coming. To, they come to get the news and got in the news. Why? Because folk got flesh out the way and got discipled. He issued us a challenge. If you come to this church and don't miss a service in 90 days, if your life ain't changed, you're free to live. Leave. Nobody didn't go nowhere. Why? Because if you stay Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and back in the day, we did Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. That hunger causes people to mature quickly and to grow. Listen, I'm going to pray for a couple of y'all, but watch this. I'm a hunter. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Michelle, this is what I see for this church. I'm talking about faith builders, Little Rock in particular, primarily. And in this ministry at large, however, the greatest manifestation of it will be here in Little Rock. Faith Builders Little Rock will be the hub or fountainhead for change and growth throughout the entire ministry. Just as the river in Eden flowed into the garden and went out from there and became four chief or major rivers or streams, so shall it be in this house. Pison increase. I see increase across the board. Gaihan bursting forth. I see expansion in every area. Hedico, rapid. I see acceleration in the manifestation of the things God has promised. Euphrates, fruitfulness. I see fruit that will remain and fruit that will abound. I see it in the ministry and in the lives of the people. It will begin now and become clearer during the last quarter of this year and it will continue for the next 36 months after that. If this body will press into this word with prayer and obedience in their individual lives, it will produce stability in their personal lives. Come on, lift your voices. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God.